Well, hello, and welcome back to Drag Time with Heclina. I cannot believe we are at episode 17. 18. Uh, We hope you're all staying safe and well and masking up. Today's guest is somebody very, very special to me. So special, in fact, that Michael Musto called her the Elizabeth Taylor of downtown theater. I cannot wait to introduce her. But first, thank you for tuning in each week and telling everyone about our show. The more you let people know about the show, the more fun we have. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate our show and leave us a review. Uh, visit the website dragtimewithheclina.com to browse past episodes, leave comments on specific shows, and thank you for the tips. You can find us on Cash App as Drag Time or find other ways to support us. Now, onto the show. A little bit of a backstory. So when I first started doing drag, I remember I went to New York and I was so enamored with all of the New York drag queens who I looked up to as strong and, and independent and fierce. And there was one in particular that I really admired. And she was the first New York queen that I ever uh, had as a guest at my uh, club tranny shack very, very early on in the day. Um, somebody I've admired for years and I've worked with and she's a sweetheart. I don't know how she stays so sweet because she's best friends with the world's biggest bitch, Jackie B. Please give it up for the wonderful Sherry Vine. Hi, Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love, first of all, I was cracking up because you're like, She's so special, and I love her so much. That's why she's guest number 17. 18. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I knew that we had to. I knew knew we had to have Jackie. I went through the 17 people I hate before I got to the one that I love. Of course, because, you know, there's not going to be any drama for this one. People wanted wanted, uh, Jackie B because they thought we were going to fight. But oh, we ended right. up, we, yeah, we ended up having fun. So I just, I just <laughs> saw you. Living, she's oh, in the living room right now. Oh, is she? <laughs> yes. Is she still wearing her Judge Jackie uh, caftan and mask? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I just saw you and her. We were in Palm um, Springs. We all were outside. Yes. Yeah, yeah we were at Bianca's, uh, Bianca Del Rio's. No. But anyway, um, yes, we were in the Palm Springs Coachella Valley, that house. It's stunning. Uh, I had house envy like you would not believe. (laughs) I went back to my house, which everybody says is a really nice house. And I was like, ugh, this dump. Um, Her, I mean, come on. Her closet, her sewing room, her bedroom. yeah, Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's amazing. And she's a very good hostess. She was. She was, um, you know, she's such a hard worker. She she was working the whole time during her own party, like squeezing grapefruits and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Um, she kind of reminds me of Formica in that way. She can never relax. I remember years ago, Formica was at a party here and she was doing the same thing, you know, the emptying ashtrays. That's so funny because I've said that to her before. I was like, you and Formica have the same kind of um, energy. Yeah, like always can't relax. Always, you know. Doing something, yeah. I was doing something, yeah. Um, But yeah, it was great to see you and Jackie. And uh, I uh, have got to have not seen you. That was the first time I'd seen you since Iceland. Uh, Was it that? Oh God, that was in November. Oh wait, no, that was in August of last year. August. Oh my, because I was in Iceland in November again. Okay, yes, that was in August. It was beautiful out and sunny, and we went and had a. You took me to a lovely lunch. Yeah, and then you were opening for Bianca that night, which was really fun. Um, And uh, what did you, I mean, that tour was just so crazy, right? Uh, Going to Wembley Arena and all that That stuff. That tour was crazy. I mean, 
the year before, so 2018, I opened for her on her the UK tour, and that was super fun and very different because it was just kind of in a bus. There were no flights. So, you, you know, you do the show, you'd go to the hotel, you go to bed, you wake up, and you would drive to the next gig two or three hours away. And then this year I was opening for her European tour, which was a whole different thing because then it was like literally like an airport every single day. And it was very, very different. But she's just the easiest fucking person ever and very grateful and generous. And we just laughed our asses off and had fun. And then Wimbledon, of, Wimbledon, of course, was insane. 10,000 people. Wembley, Wembley. Wembley, sorry, Wimbledon. <laughs> what the fuck is Wimbledon? What am I thinking? Wembley, yeah, that was crazy. 10,000 people was just like insane. Wimbledon. What Wimbledon to Wobbleton? Did, did you ever see? Did you ever see? Did you ever see? I want to live with Susan Hayward. Yes, where she goes from Wimbledon to Wobbleton is fifteen miles. She's that's, what it, that's what it felt like. <laughs> oh, it's just so, so much fun. What was it like coming off stage after opening for her at Wembley Arena? Oh, they're gonna say, what was it like performing at opening for her at Wembley with twelve thousand people to? Going back to trying to rouse up forty people to come to your shows, um, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's, it yeah. was amazing. It actually went so. F- I was really nervous, which I don't get nervous anymore. And it wasn't nervous as much of like, oh, will this go well or not? Because when you're opening for someone like that, the pressure is not is off of you. Right. Like, there's no pressure about on me because they're not here to see me. Exactly. And it went really well and won people over. And that was amazing. Um, and so it was kind of, it just, the thing with Wembley was it's so fucking big that you can't see anything. It's just like a complete black hole. And the sound also, there's a delay. So you finish a song and you're like, ta da! And you're and, waiting and waiting and waiting. Right, right. And, and it's like this ripple effect of like the applause comes up and you're like, okay, this is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, so I would just kind of like, was like, let me get through this. And then once I got off stage, I was like, oh my God, that was so crazy. Well, I, I will say, so I, I did do a podcast interview with Bianca and we were talking about, you know, she loves to bring people on tour with her that she enjoys being with and, you know, and who are also good on stage, you and you and Wendy. And uh, and I will say that in Iceland, of course, I went with some friends and they were like, who's Sherry Vine? And then after the sh- after the show, some of them don't tell Bianca, but they were like, we actually preferred Sherry Vine. Uh <laughs> Just because they weren't expecting it, you know what I mean. They they totally knew what to expect with Bianca, um, but yeah, you d- you definitely won over fans. And I will say that I do I do agree with you. Bianca is extremely people. You know, she has a bitch uh, uh, reputation or a bitch. Uh, you know, stage. That's, that's her persona. stage character, but right. she's actually incredibly generous. Oh my gosh, she's so generous yeah. and amazing. And you know, it just was. I mean, I. I appreciate hearing that. I mean, also you have to, I was like, I had like 15 minutes at the most. So it just kind of like, come on. It seems so much longer. (laughs) 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 But like, I mean, that's what I mean. Like you can't, there's no room to get, I mean, get nervous. It's like, I come on, I do my best 15 minutes of stuff that I've been doing for, you know, maybe not the same songs, but like, I know like this song, this joke, this joke, this song, joke, goodbye. Right, right, right. And so, uh, 
it's, you know, like I said, it takes the pressure off and I just have fun. And it was so fucking fun. Oh my God. And I got to perform in, you know, in theaters with 2000 people and they were just going crazy and loving it. And then I'd sit down and watch her show every single night and laugh my ass off. Mm-hmm. And then she's, it's just like literally like one of those people where it's like eh, every, she's so gracious and grateful. Yeah. And then we're just laughing our ass off. We'd go after the show, we'd have a drink and we'd laugh and we'd go, if we had to get up in the morning in the car on the way to the airport, we're laughing on the right. airplane. We're laughing. It's just mm-hmm. nonstop. Well, yeah, I, I could tell that she really enjoys having you and Wendy on those tours. But tell me, I mean, you brought it up kind of, you touched on it. Tell me what it's like to go from that to <laughs> to try and sell, trying to sell. I mean, it, I mean, I talked to Jackie about the same thing. It's you know, the power of television. It yeah. must be it must be incredibly frustrating. And and I don't mean Bianca. I mean that's an extreme case of success. But there are other queens that come off that show who have nothing to give on a stage so it must seem strange or frustrating to be doing shows with these queens and being like what the fuck why like when are people gonna when are people gonna realize that you know (laughs) that this this is all like a big sham um well i mean there's there's so many different angles and ways to look at it in one hand yes they are tv stars and and like you said, we're not talking about Bianca or Jinx or Alaska or you know we're talking about other, whatever. I'm not going to say well, any names. I, but- I, I will say I will say crucially, all the people that I have respect for that came off that show are people who cut their teeth performing in nightclubs before well, they I, went on yes, the show. I was going to yeah. say the same thing that like the mo- the majority of them I was already friends with before they were on Drag Race, right. And, re- and admired them and respected them as performers. So right, exactly. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it's it's they're TV stars, and that's great. And if they had Drag Race fifteen years ago, I would have crawled through glass to get on it. <laughs> yes. And so, it, who wouldn't? Right. But it's frustrating sometimes because it's just like, I mean, I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole because I feel like I'm really lucky and blessed to have been doing this for thirty years and to still be relevant and able to do it. But sometimes you're like, oh my god, I'm can't sell out a eighty seat theater, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then it's just kind of like, ugh, you know. Like, but the other hand is like, if you look at the audience, the demographics, do I want to have a hundred seat theater full of fifteen year old girls? And I'm not right. saying that in a bad way, because yes, no, maybe I, I do. It's great that they're part of the audience. Beautiful. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm just going to say, so the what how it's changed for me as a promoter is um, before RuPaul's Drag Race, if I booked a show with Sherry Vine or Jackie Beat or Varla Jean Merman, it was an automatic sellout. Right. You know, and then, but now... Right. The audience has been dumbed down a bit by that show. So if they don't recognize somebody, somebody's name from that show, it's almost like they don't exist. Well, Kim Chi actually did a post that I thought was so, I love that she's the one who did it um, because I certainly would never, but she's put a post up saying, if you don't know who Sherry, Jackie, Coco, Barla are, then you Mm -hmm. are not a real drag fan. Mm-hmm. You're a drag race fan. Right. 
So yeah, it's people like that and Bianca and Alaska and Willem and who mm-hmm. work with us and, you know, um, that kind of have introduced us to this whole other audience, which is beautiful. Look, you either you have to evolve and adapt or you're going to get left behind. Yeah, I think it's a very good attitude. It's kind of like, you know, everybody here in San Francisco, they were shaking their fist at how the city was changing and gentrifying. And, you know, I, I had a nightclub I had to fill. I said, I can either get be angry about the people that are living in San Francisco now, or I can try and make money off of them. You know what I mean? So you <laughs> <All have right>. to- <laughs> <laughs> Totally. So, so I, I had, but I had to figure it out for a while. I was like, who, what do these new people want? They, they want, uh, pheromone and and you know whatever i don't know right well the beautiful thing is what i think is beautiful is when what happens is when these kids would come up to me because like i just did in february a tour in the uk called comedy queens and it was like katya nina west manila luzon lady bunny and me bunny and i were the Mm -hmm. only two that haven't been on drag race although she's has been on and um and I literally was like, ugh, no one's going to know who I am. But I was wrong because I was like, okay, first of all, a lot of these people are the same people that saw me open for Bianca. And the ones that didn't know me would come up after and be like, oh, my God, we're such a fan now. And I'd be like, that's beautiful. That's the whole – that's the point. Wait a minute. What you actually said was, oh, that's beautiful. Do you want to buy this coaster or um, this T-shirt or this bumper Show sticker? Show how much you love me. <laughs> I, you know, I think I, I picked you up for one of your shows here in San Francisco and you had just celebrated a birthday. You celebrated it on tour somewhere. You never stop working except when a we're all going through a worldwide p- a pandemic. Girl, I haven't stopped um, working at all. I literally... Last week said to Mario, my roommate, I was like, I should not be this exhausted when we're in quarantine. Yeah. I mean, well, you had to figure out, you know, overnight how to, yeah, how to make coin. Uh, I was actually working out my finances. I'm, uh, you know, with my uh, online shows and stuff like that, I'm making about half what I actually, half the money I, I made in the real world. Um, how have, have you had to adjust or is it? Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of is exactly what I was saying about drag mm-hmm. race. Now it's like, you have to, I think that I can, I've learned to adapt and evolve quickly, no matter what mm-hmm. this it is. So we were in Mex. Jackie and I were both in Mexico in Puerto Vallarta performing. And That's we, what I wanted to bring up when I was saying how busy you were. Your last shows were in Puerto Vallarta. We were there and we, I had done a week alone. And then Jackie came down and we did a week together. And on our last show, they had just cut the audience in half of the capacity. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to do a week alone. And she, I was leaving the next day. She's like, I'm leaving with you. Yeah. And so we were out of there. And came back and we were like, oh, okay. And literally, I'm not kidding, like three days later, I was ordering a microphone and lights and equipment offline. Because I was like, yeah. okay, we're going to be here all summer. The writing was on the wall. Everything was canceled. But I, I have to say, I was getting, the San Francisco was going into lockdown and I was like going to head down to Palm Springs. But I kept seeing you on social media, pictures from Puerto Vallarta, like you and Jackie, like out at dinner with friends and posing and, you know, and the sunset behind you. And I'm like, is she not realizing like what's about to no, happen? It was a <laughs> bubble there because up until the last night of our show, the day before, 
they cut the capacity. The day before, it was like nothing was going on. It was a bubble of like, we're fine here. That's over there. Right, There's right. nothing here. And we literally were just like at the beach and we sugarcane was down there. She's like, come hang out at the hotel pool. We were just like partying and it was like on. Mm. And then when this happened, literally like overnight, they were like, we're cutting the theaters and people were like, the Canadian drag queens were like, we're being called home by the government. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh. And and my what I said to Jackie and Mario, I started looking around at hotels because I was like, I'm staying here because if I have to be quarantined, I'm going to be fucking in Puerto Vallarta. And that thank God that this little voice inside me said, bitch, go home, because <laughs> I would have been stuck there for more than like the three weeks I was thinking it was going to be. Oh, yeah, remember we thought I was when I went down in March, in the middle of March, I was like, well, this this will be a few weeks and I'll come back. Totally. It just totally. It, yeah, it just kept, yeah, it was so crazy. But uh, yeah, so I'll, you've been doing a lot. I've been seeing lots of your sh- uh, shows online. You you were in the Digital Drag Fest. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did, I did, you did like, some shows in that. I did three shows with them. And then I've done mm-hmm. two uh, alone, like off of my website. And I'm doing, Jackie and I are doing Battle of the Bitches, which is through Digital Pride Fest, the same PEG, same company, um, on July 9th. And yeah, I mean, I just just had everything for the rest of the summer canceled. So I'm officially unemployed until September, maybe. <laughs> right. And I'm not getting unemployment now. So I really do need those online shows. Yeah, I'm getting unemployment, so it's a little bit less pressure because I did get a paycheck with Oasis. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I've been seeing your your parodies of I Love Lucy and um, Golden Girls and Nine to Five, and uh, I mean that's a lot of work. So I, I was you know I, I will say that doing doing this drag and in this little format of being in front of your computer, it is incredibly easy uh, doing the, the part of being in drag itself. But yes, are, you are, you must be exhausted because you're constantly churning out content. Yeah. I mean, I, I just know me and it's the only thing that makes me happy. And I know it's kind of cliche to be like, I love performing, but I mean, I have been, (laughs) I have been doing, I've been performing since I was three and I've been doing Sherry Vine for 30 years. And I know that it is the only thing that makes me happy and keeps me sane. And it's fun for me. So I was like, let me just do all this stuff. And at first people were tipping and I was like, okay, if I'm spending, you know, four or $500, it doesn't look like it, but that's what it costs to make these videos. Then at least I'm kind of breaking even. But now I think that well has dried because <laughs> the last one I did, I made like $20 in tips. And I was like, I don't know if I can continue doing these, but um, we have some ideas of things we're going to do. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I felt when uh, this whole thing started, people were really generous. They knew we were all out of work and they were tipping like crazy. And then the last show I did, I, it was like a hundred bucks or something. And I was like, yeah, there's people are sick of it. They want to see, <laughs> they want to see live shows. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, um, I did do, um, I did do a lot of benefits. The, when I the, I did get approved for um, unemployment at first, 
I only got it for a month. So during that month, all of those shows, I didn't take any of the money. I mean, I did one that was a benefit for healthcare workers. I did one that was a benefit for Project Angel Food. I did a benefit for Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter. I said, I don't need to make money. I Unemployment is covering everything. So I'm going to give this money away. Then the last show, I was like, okay, people, she ain't getting unemployment. <laughs> right. So this one's for me. And they actually tipped very well during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, so you, you you have you have Battle of the Bitches. By the time this airs, it w- it will have ended already. But you want to tell us about it? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us. About, okay. The, I, I'm just. I'm, I'm really kidding. just being. I, I'm, I'm really just kidding. being. I'm really just being polite. I don't want to hear about it either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, Jackie and I, Jackie and I are in a, um, I forget what it's called, bubble, like a coronavirus bubble. Um, and, you know, we have certain groups of friends or whatever. And I live with Mario Diaz. And so we're, of course, in the bubble. And Jackie's in our bubble. And so we've been very we've both been pretty disciplined about social distancing. So we're like, let's just do a show together. Cause obviously we're going to be in my living room using in a space that's not six feet apart, but we have been both very uh, disciplined. And have you been tested yet? I had the antibody test, which was negative, which kind of sucked. Cause I thought that I, when I came back from Mexico, I was sick for four days with a really high fever and I never, never get sick. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, oh, that was Corona, but at least it was not horrible. I didn't have to go to the hospital. So yay. Mm-hmm. But so, but it came back negative. So I was like, oh, that sucks. I was kind of hoping I had had it. <laughs> yes. So well, so anyway, you guys are uh, you guys are doing shows together in close quarters. Yeah. All the videos we did, all the quarantine videos that you mentioned, they were shot all separately. Everybody does that on their phone. We kind of loosely edit i loosely edit it and i send it to kane who does the real editing and the laugh tracks and all that because he's a genius at that um those are all done separately but this will be the first show that we've done together since we're in mexico uh, and you're doing a pandemic parody playlist tell us about your parody videos since being in quarantine I have done six of them. So there's a playlist now people could see on YouTube, Miss Sherry Vine. And uh, there's a Stevie Nicks parody. There's a Pat Benatar one called Fartbreaker to the tune of Heartbreaker. Because I read somewhere, look, heck, Lena, you know me. I read something that says COVID can be spread through farting. And oh, hello. You know, you know, I've got to write a song about it. I just have of to. Of course, of course. Yes. And uh, I'm recording one right now that I'm going to do a video for because um, someone sent me a link saying glory holes was the safest way to have sex right now because it, you know, keeps a little distance. Right. And I was like, oh, well, I've been practicing for that for 30 years. And so I wrote a to Laura Brannigan's Gloria, Glory Hole. Glory Hole, Glory <laughs> Hole. Exactly. So anyway. <laughs> and I've got some other ones so people could see all those on YouTube. As well, well as there's yeah, a playlist yeah. for the quarantine videos. There's a playlist for the pandemic parodies. Uh, you, well, yeah, I, I remember like the, uh, the, the anti-maskers are saying, well, if, if you can smell a fart through a mask, then it's not doing anything to prevent you from getting coronavirus, which is... Oddly, uh, well, <laughs> oddly is logical, but I don't know. I mean, uh, anyway, whatever. 
So you can you can get a, you can get coronavirus through a fart. Is that right? Allegedly. So I have I've had to give up rimming this whole <laughs> now, how, this whole time. How are you surviving? I don't know. I don't know. Don't they realize this is a necessary? This is necessary, like getting a haircut. You know, I wish we had thing. phone cameras in the night. Well, actually, I don't. But if we had, I can remember one of my best memories of Tranny Shack was being. Um, side stage, getting ready to go, walk on stage to perform, and I look over to say something to you, and you right there, in front of anyone backstage, you have your face buried in someone's ass. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, are you introducing me? And you're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't just do it on stage. I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> but um, yes, yes. I'm so sorry you had to see that a lady like you. Oh please, sharing. I was living. That was one of. I mean, that really was one of the best parties in history of all time. Yeah, and uh, we were so thrilled. I remember you were friends with. I was like Robbie. I was, you know, Robbie D was our DJ, and I was like because I went to New York. Um, and I was lit, I was staying with Justin Bond, and then we, I went to see Charlie, the show that you guys oh. were doing, and then I saw you perform, and I was like, oh my god, how can we get Sherry Vine to come to Tranny Shack? And so I think he talked you into. Anyway, you came yeah, out. I stayed and, and, with and we, I stayed with yeah. him, and he was the DJ then, and he was living in the House of Fish, and that's where I stayed. Yeah. And then, and then we we had you back many, many times. And, many uh, times. It was always a guaranteed good time. First of all, it'd be packed. Second of all, it was at that time certainly the most I had ever made in tips ever. Oh, uh huh. And third, I was always guaranteed to get some straight lurking dick. Yeah, that, that's those were all the perks. But uh, yeah, so but back back then, of course, you were the new, one of the New York queens, and then New York had to deal with losing you. You uh, you move, how, when did you move to LA from New York? Last March, so uh, just a little over a year. And do you miss it? There are things I miss about it. I mean, people are always like, "Oh, you must really hate New York." Or whatever. I'm like, "Oh my god, I did not leave New York because I hated it." at all i fucking love new york city and there are things that i miss but overall i like my life and what i'm doing now more it's a bit easier isn't it it's easier isn't it it's just different it's i'm paying the exact same amount of money per by the penny the exact same amount of money to live in a house with a pool that i paid to live in a room in new york yeah so, you know, you get to a certain age where it's like, I kind of look back even just a year ago of like, oh my God, I was still living like a college student. I didn't own anything, yeah. nothing. I mean, nothing. I have friends that own homes. I mean, I have like, I don't regret any of it because I spent my money on things that I would love. Like I've got gorgeous shoes and costumes, you know, I mean, I'd spend a thousand dollars on a, a costume and Jackie's like, that's why I have a house and you have that dress. And so, <laughs> really, and when's the last true. time? When, when's the last time Jackie spent any money on her drag? None. No. Right. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's like I I miss what I miss most about New York is walking around. I miss that walking culture. Right. 
I walk a lot of places out here. They think I'm crazy, but I do miss that. And there's things I miss about it, but I love it here. I'm so happy. I had a list of things. It wasn't like overnight either. I talked about moving here for five years and I had a list of things that I wanted to do. And it's all happening. Mostly Jackie and I started a production company and we're doing a lot of different stuff. Together. Yeah, it's it started happening, but then you know, then this all this all this started. But you guys are still doing stuff. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and it's like you know, I'm planning for it. It's not going to last forever. I'm not one of those um, people who are believing like it's never going to be the same again. I mean, it. Oh no, yeah, no. I mean, if if something I if something cannot last forever, it won't. And pandemics don't last forever. Right. It's like um, it's a war or something, you know, it'll eventually. Right. Go, and it, I understand people getting depressed. I'm, I really have not and sincerely have not fallen down that rabbit hole. I'm just kind of like, this is happening to every single person in the world. So it's never one of those, why me? Because it's like, it's not why me, it's everybody. So just deal with it however you have to deal with it. Yeah. Work, and you are, I yeah, wait, you're dealing, yeah. No, ahead, I wake sorry. up. So no, I'm just, I know. I'm. I have a, a routine. I'm one of those creatures of habit. I need to have a routine. I wake up. I'm a cup of coffee. I work out for an hour to compensate for all the <laughs> snacking I'm doing at night. Uh-huh. I work hard all day. Mario does too. We both work on different stuff all day. The minute the sun goes down, we're like, okay, wine time, and we watch TV and laugh and eat, and that's the routine right now. Hey, it could be a lot worse. You could be stuck in some little box in New York City. Girl, you know? I couldn't even cook in that apartment. I would be, I don't know what I would be doing. Where were you living there? I was in Hell's Kitchen, which was, I had a huge bedroom. I mean, by New York standards, I had a huge, huge, huge apartment. It was two bedroom and I had roommates. And But the kitchen was this little corner, no windows. It was a piece of shit. Mm. I never, never cooked. Never. So I don't know what I would be doing there, but um, I'm not there now. I'm in this gorgeous house of Mario's. <laughs> I just I had to leave my house down in Palm Springs, and now I am back in my tiny little compartment in San Francisco. I've not um, left. I've not left the uh, my apartment since I got back on Tuesday. I'm oh, afraid to girl. go out. Oh. I know. And what's going on with <laughs> mo- you're out of mother now, right? I know. Well, I had, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I got I got out of Oasis, and uh, I am kind of like pressure is off. You know what I mean? Like, right? I can't I can't believe Darcy wanted to keep working that hard, but yeah, Darcy's <laughs> going to continue um, running Oasis, and uh, you know she just thrives on being so busy that she wants to kill herself. I'm just not that person anymore. You know, um, I, I want things to be a little bit easier. You're so. old. Ah, well, so is she. So is she. She's not um, our age, though, is she? She's about three. Listen, I'm not as old as you. Shut up, bitch. uh, She is a couple years younger than me. She she just turned 50 this year. Oh, I didn't even think she was. I thought she was like 10 years younger than us. 
no. You, you obviously haven't seen recent photos of her. <laughs> 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 oh my god. But yes, um things are things are much easier for me. I really have nothing on my plate because everything has been canceled, like you said. Yeah. Um and I'm I got a little bit tired of the digital drag format. The most fun I have is doing shows with other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, well, let's do a, you want to do a lightning round of some stuff? Yes. Okay. Well, it's just stuff that, that Mark dug up he, uh, about you online. Oh, oh Lord. And I, 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 well, no, it's just stuff that you did. And I want to see if you want to talk about it. So, um, first of all, you're the creator and host of She's Living for This, which you can stream on Hulu. Do you want to talk about that? That was my dream come true. That was literally my biggest inspiration of my entire life is Carol Burnett. And that my biggest dream forever was to do a Carol Burnett style variety show. And Josh Rosenzweig, who was the director of that, and he was my creative partner, made that happen. And there's two seasons, and it's on Hulu, Amazon, and some stuff is on YouTube. And it's called She's Living for This. And I can't say a lot this very second, but very soon I'll be able to make an announcement <laughs> that okay. um, something very similar is coming back. Oh, great. Coming. Coming, coming. Okay. Coming. You've been, you've been a guest star in Transparent. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> that I did was so funny because they, the, some of the people from who work on that show came to see our, don't get upset, came to see our Golden Girls. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, a, a little, a little, a little aside story. So I, I, I did talk about this on the Jackie um, uh, podcast. Of course. We, you, you and I got into a little bit of a tiff in Reykjavik. No, but a we conversation. Were, we were, yeah, we were able to, to smooth things over pretty quickly. But go ahead, go ahead. They came to see our Golden Girls and they wanted us the exact same cast to recreate parts of the golden girl for an episode of transparent. Well, what happened was they could not get the rights to the golden girls from Disney. So they switched it at the pretty last minute to facts of life and they were changing the shoot date. So I was already going to be back in New York. And in my mind, I was like, they're never going to fly me and put me in a hotel from New York to do this episode they're going to find some queen in la but they were like oh yeah no problem mm. so they flew me out put me in this gorgeous hotel at universal and we we did the facts of life instead of the golden girls it was really fun the best part my favorite story was all day i'm i am a huge angelica houston fan i'm obsessed with her to me she's like that kind of hollywood royalty and I don't gush a lot or get starstruck, but I was felt so, and she was sitting down with the crew eating and she was just so cool and laid back and people on the set. Cause lady J our lady J who I'm friends with was, was there. And she's like, just go say hi. And I'm like, no way. So I'm the end of the day, we're getting all the costumes off. We're wa- I'm walking to get into the Uber to go back to the hotel. And I'm so bummed. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I was, next to her all day and didn't get to meet her and i feel this tap on my shoulder and i turn around and it's angelica houston going oh my god it was so much fun to work with you today and hugs me and i was like thank you oh that is such a great story i love her too love yeah she's amazing i actually i was just uh, i was thinking about angelica houston i just listened to this podcast you must remember you must remember this about roman polanski oh and that 
they were doing a photo shoot at her house. Oh, her wow. uh, the, the photo shoot with that 13-year-old girl was at Angelica Houston's house. Oh, my God. And Angelica Houston showed up, and she saw this 13-year-old girl and uh, Roman Polanski, and she was like, whatever. You know, it was the 70s, you know. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a very much an aside and uh, a testament to how things were in the 70s, I guess. Well, yeah, Jackie and I were talking about all these songs from the 70s, like – Ringo Starr had that song, you're 16, you're beautiful, you're mine. I mean, it's like, okay, you could not do that anymore. Oh, there's so many things you couldn't do now. The Kiss has a song about being 16. Well, the the groupies, uh, we're going off track here about, we're going off track from Sherry Vine, but I mean, the groupies were stalking these rock stars and they were 13 and 14 years old. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it's like, oh, well. Uh, but... I don't know why I started talking about groupies. Okay, so uh, we're we're still on the lightning round. You were in Wigstock, the film directed by Barry Shills. I uh, was at the last Wigstock with you, but tell me about the movie. Uh, I thought you were going to say you were in Wigstock, directed by Barry Shills, but I watched it and didn't see you. <laughs> I, I, actually, I did see you with Formica. Well, the story behind that, which was heartbreaking at the time, I'd be honest, it was really very heartbreaking was they they filmed for two years two summers and then they edited that together for one movie but it was actually two different wigstock events they filmed both of my numbers i was supposed to have a big presence in that film and again they could not get the rights to any of my songs oh, God. at all not even like five seconds so they shifted Barry the focus to me- um Barry Shills called me the night before, the night before the second Wigstock. And he was like, honey, I can't get the rights to the song you did last year. And I don't know if I could get the rights to the song you did this year with Janis Joplin. Do something different. And I was like, I've been working for a month with this dance company called Palopolis. It's been, which it was a huge, you know, coup to get Palopolis to do Wigstock for free with me. I said, I'm, I'm doing this number and he couldn't get the rights to it. Oh gosh. So did they then decide to shift the focus to Jackie and Alexis? (laughs) I don't know. I think that was part of the schedule before for part of the room. And then for Mike and I had a big fight because bunny didn't want a, for Micah said she wanted to do fight for your right. Mm-hmm. Our, a parody that we wrote together mm-hmm. and bunny said no i don't want anything political this was you know 20 some years ago before bunny, bunny was, didn't want political exactly this was oh because she wanted poli- wig stock to be politically free space mm-hmm. for micah lied and said she was doing something else and ended up doing fight for your right and bunny was furious and then i was angry too because i was like bitch that is our song that we wrote together, that we performed together, that you just completely now, you know, you're the star of this movie for that. So whatever. Right. Well. The second one I'm in, and I think it's beautiful, and everything went as planned, and I prepared before, and I had a sound like I paid a lot of money to have a track made that's to sound like the original so that they wouldn't have that issue with copyrights. Uh, you mean the one with Neil Patrick Harris? Yes. 
Because I so, sang Hallelujah, the Leonard Cohen, my parody of How Hallelujah. I Blew Ya. How I Blew Ya. <laughs> yeah. So I paid to have that track made. Well, they flew Peaches and I in there just to do that, just to do that bit where I um, pretend to eat Peaches' ass and get poop on my face. Uh, they they put us up and I put me up in the fancy hotel, flew me out, recorded that, and it, it just ended up on the cutting room floor. Oh, so I God. I feel your pain. Um, what like, do you mean? Think- what do you mean pretend? totally pretend no wait I, I i didn't i didn't pretend to eat her ass i pretended to pick some boy out of the crowd and eat his ass and uh and i had done that in new york with queens of comedy and neil patrick harris was there and he said get me the queen get me the queen who eats ass <laughs> that's what you know he said that's a beautiful quote that you should always include on any bio or anything. <laughs> Get me that shit-faced queen. Give me that queen that eats ass. Exactly. Uh, okay, we're still in the lightning round. Uh, tell me about uh, Just for One Day. You're the producer, writer, and star of the film, directed by Francis Legg, with appearances by Bianca, Bob the Drag Queen, and Peppermint. That is a short film, which should have been shorter, that uh, Francis <laughs> is, was my collaborator on almost all of the music video parodies. Like for years, we worked together and created like 200 music video parodies. Um, and I kind of just wanted, I always wanted to do a short film and I had this idea and we shot that movie for $3,000, which you know is nothing zero i mean that's literally zero and yeah and had this is like another um example of bianca being very gracious i had asked her to be in it before drag race and she was like yes absolutely well that all happened blah blah by the time we got to shooting it i was like i understand that you can't you're not gonna be able to do this because she doesn't you don't even live in new york anymore and she was like i'm doing it I'm like, it's not possible. She's like, bitch, when are you shooting it? I'm like, blah, blah, blah. She was in, I think, New Orleans doing a show. She flew to New York, got in drag, shot this, got out of drag, and left. Wow, that's amazing. At her own expense. Wow. Yeah, that's a friend. Yeah, she is very, well, we've already said it. She's a gem. Yeah. And Bob and Peppermint. And it, yeah, you can see that on YouTube also. Just for It did do the circuit festival. Um I wrote it and wrote the song and everything. Yeah, it's really fun. All right. Well, that's that's it for our lightning round. Um, now, now here's the most important question of all. And you kind of already had a story, but um, what is your favorite memory of Heclina? Well, that's one of my favorite stories of all time. I'll say that's my favorite, like, in a club story. And then I, I have really fond memories of there was a period of time when I was coming out and performing at Trenishek fairly often in the 90s maybe the late 90s where we would always have dinner at Mike Finn's house and hang out it was like be like me you peaches um Puta, Matthew Jose Joey. Matthew yeah. Joey yeah and those were really really fun times because I felt like that was a time when everybody prioritized hanging out with their friends. Yeah. And you know how hard, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. It's not, it's so easy anymore. Right. Well, especially now. 
especially now, but in general, it was yeah. like, I'm busy. I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, but that was like, there was no question. Okay. I'm, we're in San Francisco. We're going to have dinner tonight. Yeah. That, those, those dinners were fun. And we, oh and we I think, I think we spent the whole evening just making fun of lady bunny, telling, <laughs> telling lady bunny jokes <laughs> and laughing. Yeah. It was so much fun. I'll always remember that. <laughs> well, thank you, Sherry Vine. I think that's it. We've pretty much touched on everything. Uh, it's a it's a drag legend with us today on um, Drag Time with Hecklina. Drag uh, legend number 17. 18. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go through all my San Francisco bitches first. I'm totally kidding. I'm so okay. happy to be here. I love you. Well, everybody should visit SherryVine.com to find Sherry-branded merch and book a cameo. Uh, did we mention that she's unemployed? Uh, <laughs> get links to her streaming shows and tip a bitch. What is your Venmo? The Sherry Vine. Okay. Uh, would you tell all the people listening how they can find and follow you on the socials and keep up with your uh, shows and events? Absolutely. The easiest, I just make it super easy, one-stop-shop-sherryvine.com. If you go there, it'll have links for Instagram and everything else, YouTube, Cameo, everything. Sherryvine.com. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, as for me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. Subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, tell anyone you can about Drag Time with Hecklina. Check out our website and create some comments on past episodes you liked. Thank you, Sherry Vine. I love you. Thank you, Hecklina. Yeah. I hope to see you soon. I hope so, baby. Take care. All right. You too. 